Live, from the beautifully spacious and wonderfully bodacious, Fuck If I Know Studios located in wonderful downtown Hamlin, Pennsylvania, it is yet another informative, educational, argumentative, debatable, and downright boring edition, of Frank the Lunatic Rants. And now, for the legal mumbo-jumbo. This podcast is based entirely on Frank's own personal opinions, and is in no way, shape, or form the opinions or representation of any fire, police, EMS organizations, which he is currently or previously associated or affiliated with. The views expressed in this podcast are entirely his own, and do not reflect the views of any aforementioned organization. Please note, the names may have been changed to protect the innocent, the stupid, and the brain dead. Salutations, everyone. Thank you for joining my podcast for yet another edition of Frank the Lunatic Rants. from the beautifully bodacious and wonderfully spacious, recently budgetorily updated Fuck If I Know Studios located in wonderful downtown Hamlin, Pennsylvania, it at another informative, educational, argumentative, debatable, and downright boring edition of Frank the Lunatic Rants. Hey there, hi there, ho there everyone. Thank you for joining me, your congenial host, as always, Frank the Lunatic, for yet another episode of me, Bitching, moaning, ranting, raving about topics you probably do not give a shit about. So remember to sit back and ask yourself this important question in life. Why the hell am I listening to this guy anyway? You know, it's been two long years, a little more than two years, that phrases like unprecedented times started infiltrating our conversations when our lives changed drastically, almost overnight. Panic buying cleared our shelves, cities looked like ghost towns with the shutdowns, and the roads were wide open. It was all surreal. As time marched on and adjustments were made, we started talking about getting back to normal. And that morphed into people pondering if we would just live new normal types of lives. Those in the trucking industry got a taste of normal again when the 50th anniversary of the Mid-America Truck Show had returned. The in-person event was the South Many weary souls needed to fill that need for normal. The thing is, as great as returning to normal is and enjoying those things in life that did not exist for the better part of two years, should truckers really be craving a return to normal in a business sense? I mean, what does that look like? Crappy pay for company drivers? Excuses about poor driver retention and false claims of a driver shortage? Let's not forget long, unpaid wait times. The list is long and depressing. Maybe we really don't want to go back to normal. Business as usual wasn't really great business. And truckers need to start thinking about pre-pandemic normal as a status quo that the trucking industry can do without. 
one thing the past two years did very well for truckers was that it put a very bright spotlight on the problem in the supply chain, specifically what truckers faced. Maybe those empty shelves and people with nothing but time on their hands wasn't such a bad thing. The collective eyes opened, they started listening, they even started understanding. And that they should include high-level regulators and lawmakers. Through this has been a lot of attention given to court issues like driver compensation, detention time, and truck parking. And they're finally getting up to a federal level for a change. For once, there's a plan and not just more studies, at least for the moment. The proposed truck action plan isn't long on details on how problems will get fixed, but at least it's the start of a plan. Trucking has not been a lucrative career for the masses in a very long time. Sure, there are successful men and women out there, mostly owner-operators, but for company drivers, that's not the case. I can't think of an hourly employee who would take an office job after being told they would wind up working 10 to 20 hours a week that you're not going to get paid for. Yet, that's the status quo for most truckers out there. And it's got to go. You know, we have tons of news about the rising fuel prices, left lane restrictions for trucks, uh, the hour of service regulations and lawsuits, tons of news. But for those that are still craving the old-fashioned or just some good old-fashioned trucker fun, at least it was the Mid-America Trucking Show. You know, plenty of truckers are consistently spending four, five, or more hours stuck at shipper or receiver facilities. Many of these truckers are working 10, 20, or more uncompensated hours each week. And the, the, the general American public doesn't understand how the trucking industry works. For the most part, most of your truck drivers are not hourly workers. Yes, you do have uh, people on the local level, local uh, delivery drivers that drive within, say, a 150-mile range from their uh, facilities and that, that are hourly and you do have the some trucking companies out there that are still part of Teamster unions that they get hourly pay. But for the most part, the general rule is if your wheels aren't turning, you aren't earning. And there's too many struggles even as a trucker to find a safe place to park trucks at night. Many communities have gone ballistic over the last couple of years with signs everywhere. You know, 10-ton weight restrictions, uh, no parking you know, on the sides of exits or entrances on highway, or like the roads and entrances going into, for example, in Pennsylvania, you know, the couple of rest stop, small rest stop areas that we have on our highways. And it's continued and continued. You know, everybody out there doesn't realize when you go to the shelf and you pick up that product, the fact that it was a trucker that brought that product there. But yet all these communities want to stop truck parking. They want to ban truck parking. You know, come, come to my area of Wayne County, for example. Several years ago, um, when it comes to not truck parking, but trucks itself, um, there was a development here that had a massive, unnecessary, but that's a totally different rant altogether, uh, water sewer upgrade project. And you had lots of trucks in the area, a lot of triaxle. For those who don't know what that is, dump truck, a.k.a. dump truck, um, coming through the area. And what did the locals do and push PennDOT to do? Put 10-ton weight restrictions just about everywhere. Every side road, every back rural road you can think of. 
10 ton weight restrictions because nobody wants the trucks coming through their area. And of course, that was also a bonus on and a plan on the side of PennDOT, you know, because after all, in the state police, because after all, that meant the trucks could only take certain main routes where they can have these surprise DOT checkpoints. Because on all these back roads, that would be the easiest, quickest way to get to this development. You couldn't have cops. You couldn't have things parked. There are no shoulders to the road to run these, you know, random truck inspections. Also known as a big money-making opportunity. And this happens in, in a lot of other areas as well in regards to being able to park trucks at night. A lot of states... Uh, especially during the pandemic places, even before the pandemic, you know, there were states closing up rest stops, call, closing up areas where trucks could safely park. Now, apparently, President Magoo's administration says they acknowledge these problems and say they want to help. Of course, every administration for the last uh, decade, two get decades, have said, they, you know, they want to help. This past December, uh, President Magoo's administration launched a truck action plan to help improve the supply chain and the truck driving profession itself. Apparently, the White House has updated the plan after receiving feedback from drivers and other industry stakeholders. Although it includes steps regarding detention time, overall driver compensation, and truck parking, there's nothing in the plan that guarantees that any of these problems will be fixed in the future. It's just a plan. It's just politicians running around like usual, saying, oh yeah, we hear the problem, and we're going to come up with a plan to address the problem, but yet plans never get implemented. The plan calls for more separate studies on detention time and truck driver compensation, and expected that each of these studies can take up to two years to be completed. So you're looking at, say, 2024 before these plans are completed, and then probably 2025 before everything's actually put together in uh, some official point maybe 2026, and then by the time it's presented, you're probably looking at 2027. It's basically what it comes down to. By the time something gets you know, implemented, somebody actually does something in regards to this, you're probably looking at the year 2030, honestly, before anything gets done about this. And in typical drag-your-feet government red tape fashion, which by then, it'll be deemed that the study is archaic and the facts and figures and everything in there do not apply to the, at then, in the future, current situation. Which, of course, will make everything shelved or demand another study takes place to have more up-to-date things in it. And, of course, by the time 2030 comes around, you're going to have new things that weren't going to be in the original study. For example, these whole plans for autonomous uh, trucks and electric trucks. So, again, by the time they sit down, and actually address this. All the information in these reports are going to be archaic. Now, the recently updated version of the plan that they're looking into also addresses truck parking, but it doesn't dedicate any specific federal funding to create more parking spots. Instead, the administration points to programs that states can use to secure funding for truck parking, which again leaves the federal DOT out of it and basically says, we'll leave it up to the states. The request funding. And that's if, on the local level, on your state level, that is a priority, which of course it's not a priority. They're, they're not going to go ahead and push these things because, again, it's not a priority. 
And why isn't it a priority? Because after all, the truckers aren't the ones that put these people into power and into office. You're a truck driver traveling through different states, traveling through different areas, so you're not one of their constituents. You don't vote for them. And after all, back in your hometown, parking wouldn't be a problem for you on a personal level, on a personal professional level, because that's your home base area. There should be more concrete measures from the government that will improve drivers' lives now and in the future. Truck drivers are still waiting for meaningful measures that will help address the problems. Yes, there's been significant progress on establishing apprenticeship programs and plenty of funding to help states expedite CDLs, but yet we've yet to see any substantial actions that can keep new or current drivers in the industry long term. And in typical government fashion, President Magoo, they set us out time at an event to basically applaud and praise truckers for their hard work and acknowledge the obstacles they faced on their jobs, especially during COVID. Oh boy, that does so much for the truck driver, doesn't it? The president's sitting there and saying, we applaud you for the job you do. Oh boy, that means so much, doesn't it? Yes, the administration acknowledges that truckers are what make the economy run. If truckers quit, everything comes to halt. It basically halts. I mean, remember, the food you ate for breakfast, the clothes you're wearing, the device you're using to listen to me rant and rave right now, you could thank a truck driver for getting it to you. Yes, you can say, yes, well, people that make the, the product and doing all, all the factory work is that, yes, they are an important part as well. You can make all the products in the world, but without a truck delivering them, they never reach the shelves. Now, the, good jo- the Driving Good Jobs Initiative is a portion of this plan aimed at making truck driving a more attractive profession in order to attract recruits and retain existing drivers and includes compensation studies, potential funding avenues for states to address truck parking, as well as efforts to make the profession more attractive to women and to protect drivers from predatory lease purchase arrangements, which has plagued the trucking industry for many years. Now, over the next two years, the Department of Transportation plans to conduct studies on detention and general driver compensation. Drivers spend well over four hours a day at shipping and receiving facilities, and as I said, you don't get paid for that time. If the wheels aren't turning, you're not earning. Yes, there are some companies out there that will pay what's called detention time. It's not a requirement because, after all, trucking is still considered an exempt industry. And that's one of the problems right there that needs to change. We need to update and change labor laws, federal labor laws in this country. Eliminate this whole thing of exempt industries. It's preposterous. It's absurd that we actually have a majorly known legal loophole in our labor laws in this country. The whole thing that they are an exempt industry, therefore, are not entitled to things like overtime pay. You know, basically guaranteed wages in a sense. The fact that you get paid per mile, and again, as I said, if the wheels aren't turning, you aren't earning. And there's nothing that requires companies for for you to pay for your time while you're sitting there two or three hours waiting to get loaded or unloaded. Now, some companies are nice. Some companies do have plans in place that after an hour, you get thrown like a big whatever, 50 bucks or some crap like that, maybe 100 bucks, or some maybe after two hours. Same thing about breaking down. 
you're driving the company's equipment. It is their responsibility of their mechanics and service shops to keep that equipment running. You break down, there's nothing requiring that you get paid for your time while you're sitting there for hours waiting for a uh, company to come out and tow your truck away. And while you're waiting at a shop for this thing to be repaired or to find out what is going on, and then in the meantime, maybe your truck can't get repaired right away and they have to send another truck for you to use because after all, they want to make money, so they'll send another truck out there for you to use, but you're not getting paid legally. They are not required to pay you for all this downtime whatsoever because you're not an hourly worker. And, and that has that thinking, that whole concept has to change. It has to, it has to stop. Just like you get pulled over for a DOT checkpoint, you are not paid for your time. It's a regulation, federal regulation, that they do these things and they randomly check trucks. But yet, there's no labor law that says you have to get paid for the time that you're spending while they're looking over your truck. And it could be anything from a quick inspection to them literally just about tearing your truck apart, inspecting your load, everything. And you're not getting paid for that unless your company chooses to implement a policy that says they'll pay you. And there's no doubt these studies are going to eventually reveal eye-opening information to people outside the trucking industry about the unfair nature of how drivers are paid. But two years is a long time to wait for that. And that's, of course, if the report even makes it to mainstream media. Because you can have reports out there, but if it doesn't make it to mainstream media, the public is never aware of it whatsoever. There's a major lack of truck parking across the country. And it's more than just an inconvenience. It impacts safety and retention because exhausted drivers have nowhere to rest. Once again, people go lawsuit crazy. All these commercials about truck accidents and trucking, you know, truckers are dangerous and driving while tired and all this other stuff. You know why they're driving while tired? Because these same yam bags that are bitching and moaning about the accidents caused by trucks and that, they don't want trucks in their town. They don't want... They don't want places for truckers to, to park their truck. Most people don't realize that the truck driving industry has another federal regulation that you can only drive and work for so many hours a day. Even though you're not an hourly worker, you can only drive for so many hours a day, after which point you have to stop and you have to pull over for like 10 hours. You, know, like you have to have a break in between and you can only work so many hours a week which, of course, is so unrealistic because depending on um, the trucking company, how things are charted and that, um, it's between 70 to 80 hours a week before federal regulations say, okay, now you have to take like a day and a half off of time. You know, you're stuck in the middle of nowhere with no place to park, but yet you'll get fined out the ass if you keep driving to find a place to park safely. This infrastructure legislation doesn't provide any direct funding for truck parking, but they point out that there's programs, as I said, that states can use to address the issue. And that's if the states want to take that route. They're still more concerned about air quality improvements and trucks. They need to repeal the overtime exemption, as I said, in the Fair Labor Standard Act, so truck drivers can be compensated for all of their time. Stop the standard of having exempt industries. The airline industry works like that as well. You know, I'm getting off topic here, but I remember when I worked for the, in the airline industry, uh, Comair and Delta years ago, you know, you had things where you needed time off and someone else took, you know, took your, your place for that time. 
and that time that they took the swamp out, they weren't eligible for overtime. It was the most bizarre thing in the world because transportation is a considered airplanes or transportation as well as buses. That it's an exempt industry from overtime. It, it's the most bizarre thing in the world. Would you, as the average person, actually crazy enough to listen to me at this moment, would you seriously work a job where you're working 70 hours a week and not getting paid for 70 hours, but you're working 70 hours a week? First of all, that's the first problem. And then you're not getting paid for overtime. You know, you're working 40 hours and now you're working an additional 30 to 40 hours and not getting paid properly for the time that you work because it's an exempt industry. It's just like, again, getting off topic on it, um, the, the restaurant industry, waiters and waitresses. This crap of having this bizarre wage standard where, you know, you make like three bucks an hour. Come on, really? When you have a kid at McDonald's making 15 bucks an hour doing hardly anything, but yet you work in a restaurant and you're making three bucks an hour because you are relying on your tips and the generosity of others, which during this whole thing and the way the economy is and that, people have slacked off on that type of stuff as well. That needs to go as well. I know it's a totally separate topic, but that needs to go. This whole exemption thing needs to go. It's absolutely ridiculous. They need to eliminate the motor carrier overtime exemption straight out. No ifs, ands, or buts. Passing a law to end the overtime exemption will be one of the quickest way to make driver pay more equitable. Now, the industry, of course, the big ones, the owners of the trucking companies, distribution companies, manufacturers, yes, they're going to go apeshit and jump up and down because, after all, how are they going to pay you? I mean, you're getting paid per, mi- per mile, but, you know, if you work so many hours, they have to pay you as well. I know, it's going to be this thing. They're all going to bitch and moan. And, and I'm sure in the end, you know, manufacturers and distribution companies and the owners of the trucking companies are going to be the ones that actually win. And as always, the drivers are going to be the ones, the grunt workers, that are going to lose out. Exempting drivers from guaranteed overtime pay increases problems with the detention, with detention time because shippers and receivers have no financial incentive to load and unload trucks quickly. After all, the people loading and unloading the trucks can make overtime. The current pay-by-the-mile method can have negative effects on safety as well as the efficiency of the supply chain. And a lot of this, you know, one-time trucking industry, you either were a union person where you were paid hourly or you made at least a percentage of your load even. This whole mileage thing is ridiculous. It has to go. Every other worker in the United States by federal law is paid hourly or you're paid salaried or some sort of thing. You know, when you work in school transportation, you're paid a flat rate. But yet in the trucking industry, it's not like that. It has to go. It has to change. Why are truckers not considered part of the regular working population? On that whole policy thing, you know, all these pages and that, uh, there's like 62 policy recommendations. And number 40 is a document in this thing of over 100 pages that urges Congress to eliminate the Fair Labor Standard Act motor carrier exemption. It was passed in 1938, 84 years ago. For all that time, commercial and private carrier drivers, dock workers, mechanics have not been covered and been, well, Waiters, waiters and waitresses too, have not been covered by the law that require other employees to pay workers time and a half 
for over 40 hours. Now, it wasn't a big deal when most drivers earned overtime because they had union contracts, but it's become a bigger deal with the end of economic regulation and spread of mileage pay in the trucking industry. There's even a recommendation to end the exemption in the U.S. Department of Transportation's own document studies called the the Supply Chain Assessment of the Transportation Industry-Based Freight and Logistics. They even recommend it, but yet the administrations, the government, who actually pays for these studies, are doing nothing about it. The trucking exemption is basically just disrespectful. It was unconscionable in 1938, and it's even more so now. You know, the truck, the truckload industry has used it for decades to shift the cost of delays onto drivers. It's, it's hard to believe it's actually taking all these years for anyone on a government level to recommend that we get rid of it. little history. 37, uh, Franklin Ro- Roosevelt proposed the Fair Labor Standards Act to abolish child labor, set a national minimum wage, and make overtime pay mandatory. They sent a draft of the bill to Congress, and of course, effective businesses lobbied Congress for self-serving changes. If they couldn't stop it completely, they, man- they demanded that their workers be exempted. And the lobbying was effective. The minimum wage proposed in the original version of the law was 40 cents an hour. In the final bill, after months of lobbying, it was actually windled down to, believe it or not, 25 cents an hour's minimum wage. Large numbers of workers in industries with political clout across the states Agriculture, for example, were exempted from the law. Many other industries carved out exemptions for not all, at least some of their employees. The thought was that overtime pay would encourage drivers to work too many hours to, to delay themselves to try making more money, which is complete bullshit. Do you really think somebody working 70 to 80 hours a week really wants to delay their time even more so they don't get home to their families? So they don't have their big one and a half day, and yes, that's basically what it amounts to. One and a half days off before they start running and working another 70 to 80 hours a week. There was all this worry that, you know, if they were included, it would bankrupt the carriers and that overtime for drivers would send the entire industry off a cliff. Lobbyists even claimed that applying these uh, minimum wage, these laws to the trucking industry would affect safety. According to the Department of Federal Fe- Department of Labor fact sheet, the trucking exemption applies to carrier workers engaged in safety affecting activities that includes drivers, driver helpers, loaders, and mechanics. Okay, you can argue that well, you know, driving is a safety affecting activity, but driver helpers, the people that help unload the truck as well, exempt from overtime pay, the people that actually load the product onto the trucks. It's a safety concern, and that's why you can't have the... It doesn't make any sense. Are mechanics more likely to tighten bolts better on straight time than time and a half? Would freight loaders and unloaders on time and a half stack the freight too high? But this was the thought. This was the mentality, and it still continues. That's why it hasn't changed since 1938. Could things change? Possibly in the future but a proposal would have to be included into a larger bill, like a future transportation funding measure, and we know how that all works out. When you have the Congress, Senate, all these things about spending money, and it more than likely will wind up being whittled out somehow. All from lobbyists. 
Now, sadly, the end to the exemption would not make a big and immediate difference in what drivers earn, because obviously carriers would have to pay for hours worked, including overtime. But the law does not actually preclude mileage pay. So carriers would probably pay a combination of both. And you can bet carriers will reduce mileage pay to make up the difference. So they would actually uh, lessen how much they're paying for mile. So they're not paying out more money than they are now. But it would be a fundamental change. Driver's time would actually be worth something, even if it's just a federal or state minimum wage. The future hope is that driver compensation could evolve, evolve so carriers would have an economic incentive to face down those shippers and consignees who tie up trucks for hours on end, the ban of the trucking industry and the drag on national productivity. The policy suggestion itself won't bring about change, but it may be a stir in the wind. And hopefully with some luck and some serious effort, health and righteous change could be on the horizon and heading towards the trucking industry. And maybe then we wouldn't hear these stories, you know, about driver retention and companies having a hard time keeping drivers if they actually paid an honest wage for honest day's work. And of course, as always, I am Frank the Lunatic and I have approved this message. And for now, my friends, that is all I have to say about that. Do you?